Hello. Hello. There we are. All right. I was wondering where you were. So, so I had my, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, beep, bop, boop, 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 where's the link, doodly doo. And then I like realized I was on my promotions section of my emails and then I finally went to like the real section and it was like, there it is, three minutes ago, waiting for you. Like a, and I was like, oh, oops. So <laughs> I was just like, oh, oopsies. oopsies, here I am, <laughs> oopsies. No, no problem. <laughs> oh, we got there. I'm trying to record without the microphone. I have my headphones in because I'm hoping maybe that will help with that weird, like, overlapping problem we've been having. Oh, yeah, where, like, one of us was able to predict the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like we're both psychics just talking over each other. Yeah. We are friends. I wonder if it's just... We, we are. We're friends, but we can't read each other's minds that well. No. <laughs> no. So, hoping this will work. And if it doesn't, just bear with us until we can actually be together in the same room. Someday we'll be together. Someday. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the song from uh, from Five Will Goes West or, oh, yeah. or uh, American Tale. At the, when they're looking at the moon? Oh, it's... it's yeah, somewhere out there. I love that. You can't really sing the whole thing. Oh, it's so good. Or actually, the series. And they're on Disney Plus. Didn't we yeah. determine that? I think they're on Disney Plus, or else I know that there was one on Netflix a while back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it was on TV the other day, and I was just like, stop everything, we've got this to watch. <laughs> That's how I am with Harry Potter movies. I'm like, I guess my weekend's over. <laughs> That's what I'm doing now. Guess I'll be staying in forever. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I have a, a story. I don't know if I told you this. Did you? Did I tell you about my walk last week? No. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. I had a choke about <laughs> it. Um... So, I took a walk last Monday, and I decided to make it, like, a little bit longer, so I took this, like, street back that's, like, a couple of blocks away from my house, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm coming up, and I'm probably about two blocks away from my house, and there are these two little kids, they're probably, like, four and six years old, Okay. and they come, they're on their bikes, and they're by themselves. And I'm just kind of like in my head, I'm like, whose children are you? Like, where are your parents? Mm-hmm. And I can see that the, I'm like a block away from them. And I can see that the younger one is just kind of like in adoration of like the older brother. Aww. And the older brother is like, I can't stand you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so I get closer and I can hear the older one tell the younger one, like, you go down that way and I'll go up the hill. And I'm like, this is a terrible plan, but I'm already, like, super sweaty from my walk. I don't want them to be, like, thinking, like, some sort of, like, Boo Radley witch character. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and be like, children, where is your mama and papa? Where do you live? And have them just be, like, terrified. Yep. So I keep going. I'm like, walk, go around the corner, walking down the block. And this guy comes out of one of the houses. And he's got on, like, a grilling apron on. And he's got this kind of, like, confused look on his face, and I'm just kind of like, okay. And then all of a sudden, like, the older one 
is like right next to me on his bike and he's got me like basically walking up on the boulevard too because okay. he's like he's like i've got the sidewalk now and he's like i don't know where augie is and i'm like oh great oh, i'm the last God. adult to see this child alive <laughs> <laughs> So the dad's just kind of like, well, like, we're, like, go find him, you know? And I'm like, sir, like, maybe you could stop grilling for two seconds and go find your son. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just like, all right, I'm going to keep going. And then, like, thankfully the kid, like, comes around the corner, like the younger one, Augie. And so he's found. But I was just like, great. I'm going to have to, like, go to, like, a trial. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to talk to the cops and be like, I don't know. Like, I didn't stop these two small children from doing whatever they were doing. I didn't. It's like... <laughs> I was like, like, thank God this kid's like here because I don't have to be in charge. Well, if I think about it in a broader spectrum, like that's the kind of anxiety thoughts I have. Yeah. Like regarding a lot of decisions that are out in public. Like if I do this, they're going to think this and blah, blah, blah. It's like then I'll be at the cop station and I'll have to get interviewed. Anxiety makes you think a lot of things. It sure does. And most of them are not true. <laughs> well, here's the first mistake the brothers had, is they split mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Don't split Rule up. Rule number one, never split up. <laughs> never. No. The worst decision to make. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, maybe like parents think differently nowadays. Like when I was a kid, it was like, I was born a few months before Jacob Butterling disappeared so like growing up it was always just like the children cannot be by themselves i was definitely in the neighborhood where we would be out and about in the neighborhood and my mom would whistle a really loud whistle and we'd Mm. come home so like we were gone all Mm. day long so that was definitely part Mm. of my childhood that we'd be out and about i don't know what it is now okay yeah so maybe maybe it's different I just remember being like, I mean, maybe it's just because I was an only child, yeah. too. But it'd be like you have to play like you can you can't play in the front yard. You have to play in the backyard. If you play out in the front yard, like an adult has to be there to see you. So safety first. Well, that was a safety first. That was a fun walk. <laughs> and then yesterday when I took a walk, <laughs> there was this like I'm like walking and this like lady runs by me and she's like tall and beautiful and bronze and she's running nicely and I'm like <laughs> and I'm just just <laughs> like kind of like this old hag just like oh I see that God gifted you long bronze beautiful lean legs God gave me the gift of crying at videos of dogs wearing costumes <laughs> like, yeah. we both have things lady <laughs> Totally, Hi guys. <laughs> totally get that for sure. Like, how do they look it's so awesome. beautiful while doing a thing yeah. that's miserable? <laughs> yeah. I like if I try to run, it's usually like me being like, <laughs> and she's just like, do do do, no slow way. motion Baywatch. Oh yeah. So hi guys, it's us. Hi. <laughs> it's, it's Northern Frights. In case you forgot what we are. For the podcast that talks about creepy and true crime in the Midwest. And I'm Anna. And I'm Alyssa. Yeah. We're Northern Frights. And welcome to our show. Where we just talk about stuff. We do. And I have a long list of stuff. Oh, all right. 
yes, please, <laughs> after I just rambled on. No, that's good. I like it. We don't get to talk nearly as much being, um, yeah, you know, separate. working from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird being separated on, on video. Like it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. All right. So I got some information about MUFON's International UFO Symposium. Oh, <gasps> what? And they please or, continue. Originally, I think we're gonna have it like in uh, May or June, but they now scheduled it mm-hmm. for September. 25th through the 27th in Las Vegas. Oh. And here's the cool part. I looked through some of their activities and uh-huh. one major event that they're doing is they're touring Area 50, 51. Like they're going what? on a bus or something and it's like an all day event and you go along like extraterrestrial you know that word. Um, yeah. Bridge or something. It's like a, a a main or a big deal in this area it's like extraterrestrial Mm -hmm. bridge or something or road or whatever and there's photo opportunities along the way and then they're touring area 51 how like how are they able to go i don't know i don't know if it's because it's a group and it'll be like maintained or something but yeah or the only thing i can think of is they're just going in the general area and pointing out like cool stops like this sure this bridge or road or whatever it is sure or something but like that like just like like that's where it is it's over there <laughs> there might be aliens there don't look at the cut like the security guards yeah, look till you what was interesting <laughs> is they do have military and government guest speakers oh interesting and, okay and if we were if i remember correctly they also have um. Oh, those documents were released last year, so I'm wondering if they're just going to mm-hmm. talk about, or earlier this year, they're going to talk about those or something. Sure, yeah, what they found. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Do they do this every year? They do the symposium, I'm pretty sure, every year. Mm, so, I don't know okay. if they do it this year, but next year no. is something we can look into it. Yeah. Especially if it's somewhere cool like Las Vegas. Yeah, so we've already got... We've already got our passes for the Para Unity conference in October. Mm-hmm. So then we can make that our trip for next year. That sounds awesome. You know, I was, so, was going to say, if you are interested and you live in the Midwest, there's a Minnesota Para mm-hmm. Unity convention. It's October 1st through the 3rd. Yeah. And we'll be there. Come hang out with us. Yeah. Come be on. there or be square. <laughs> be square with us. <laughs> <laughs> while there <laughs> yeah, well because yeah. we're squares we're squares <clears throat> okay and the other MUFON facts I got the stats for May 2020 <gasps> fantastic alright so there's 759 sightings in May alone wow okay as usual the US had the majority of 572 sightings <laughs> And then it drops dramatically yes. from there. <laughs> but I looked at her listenership. I think that's a word. And yep. the UK had 33 sightings. Okay. France had 26. And Australia had five. And there was zero Ooh. in Ireland. So I thought that was interesting. Oh. And then if we break it down based on the U.S. and the Midwest, Minnesota had nine, 
Wisconsin had six. North Dakota, South Dakota had a zero. And Iowa, <laughs> I thought, would have more than Minnesota. They had only one, though. Interesting. And I love these stats. You, you would think that, like, since there's nothing in Iowa, I just that they would have more. <laughs> more. Yeah. Yeah. It's like more clear. There's a lot of corn. Flatness and I was like, well. Yeah. Like with, with especially with like North and South Dakota, there's it's just flat. Yeah. In North Dakota, you think they'd be like? <laughs> Guess we just don't know aliens as well as we thought we did. <laughs> well, that's why we need to go to this UFO symposium. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I always find this interesting. The most frequent shape of the UFO was circle shaped. And okay. 83 yeah. were seen at less than 100 feet, which seems very close. Mm-hmm. And 34 entities were observed. Ooh, do they say what they look like? That's something I want to find out because I, I sort of want to actually get us, um, what's it called? Not a subscription. Yeah, a script- subscription or whatever for MUFON and mm-hmm. just sort of see what data is there, if it's actually helpful or not. Because yeah. obviously someone pulls all this information together, but I, based on my experience on their website, it's sort of like outdated. Okay. So I, I don't know, maybe I'll try it out though for a month or something and see what it looks like. Because yeah. I would love to yeah. hear more about the entities themselves. <laughs> yeah. For sure. What do these creatures look like? And uh, two things. One is a podcast I came across, and it's about, um, I think the book was titled A Killing an Amish Country. And their current season is about this book, or Mm -hmm. I think it's about the book, or they at least reference the book a lot. Um, It's called Case Closed. And um, what I like about it is the subject, of course, but also it has... um, like short episodes, so it's not like a big investment of like an hour or something. They okay. were they were like decent, like seventeen minutes or something. Oh, okay. And a good amount of information in them. So just thought I'd pass okay. that along. Yeah. And last but not least, remember how I brought up accused, guilty, or innocent? Yes. And we both thought we saw the thing that could have been um, Shirley Carter's son, perhaps mm-hmm. based on the mm-hmm. preview, and it is. <gasps> sweet yeah so episodes six and seven seven cover the case um about shirley carter okay and i believe their titles are murdered his mother or falsely accused mm. and for our podcast we covered this in episode nine and ours was called shirley carter and anna's special time story so if you want to, <laughs> if you want to listen back to the podcast and compare what's in the show, I thought it would be sort of fun. Yeah, yeah. Can I get some background? Excellent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we going to paper right. rock scissors? Yep. All right. All right. I'm putting down my laptop. All right. <laughs> Ready when you are. All right. One, two, scissors. Oh, scissors as well. Okay. One, two, paper. I got paper as well. Okay. One, two, three. Scissors. Scissors? Oh, Oh, my God. Okay. One, two, rock. 
Oh. I got paper. <laughs> okay, you go first. Okay. So, you know, it's been kind of like a fun time lately. So I decided <laughs> to, I had this book called Ghost Stories of Minnesota by Gina Teal. Okay. And I decided to pick out a few stories from here and then to read them to you guys. They're all true stories. They're not super long. So we're just going to have a little story time. I love it. All right. So this story or what? Special time (laughs) stories, except for they're not me. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I was trying to think if I had any creepy experiences lately, too. Oh, I do, have, I do have a question for you. Yeah. That's a creepy story. Okay, so you know in, this, in our meeting this morning, our video conference call, mm-hmm. you had shut your closet door behind you. Yeah. And then it was open. Yeah. Does it just, like, open by itself? It doesn't latch properly. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, I looked back, too, or actually I could see it in the um, camera, and I was like, ding, ding. <laughs> but it doesn't latch very well. Okay. I was just like, I think I had like, got, like turned away from the screen for like a second and then I looked back and it was open. I was just like, oh, she's got a demon in her house. I probably do, but I think in this case we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of the puppies, that's all. All right. So, story. So, this one is called Swenson Farm. Okay. So, here we go. It is sometimes said that truth is stranger than fiction, such as the case in the story of the Olaf Swenson farm near Montevideo, depending, of course, on whose version of the truth you believe. The Olaf Swenson farm is a museum made up of 17-acre farmsteads located six miles east of Montevideo. It includes a timber frame barn built in the 1890s, the remains of a horse-powered grist mill and a handful of old-fashioned concrete tombstones made by Olaf Swenson for the family burial plot, which creeps me out to think that you'd have like a burial plot in your yard. Mm-hmm. Okay, the house was built in 1901, rests on a foundation of huge local granite stones cut and laid in a pattern by Swenson and his daughter Katie. Some of this granite is four feet thick, and the foundation walls are eight to nine feet high, says June Lynn, director of the Chippewa County Historical Society, current owner of the property. For a father and daughter to bring these massive pieces of granite from about seven miles away by horse and wagon, cut them and lay them into place is an amazing feat. The homestead is so impressive that it is included on the National Register of Historic Places. Mm. It is also the source of much speculation. Some, like A.J. Cooper, of a radio, a radio host at local radio station Cram 96 FM, mm-hmm. firmly believe the Olaf Swenson farm is haunted. I've lived in Montevideo for a while and have gone to the Swenson farm periodically, and I've heard stories of people driving by or neighbors seeing the lights flicker, Cooper says. I also remember hearing a psychic from Europe saying the staircase is haunted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the wilder tales relayed by Cooper about the homestead has to do with a medical condition currently apparently suffered by the Swenson family. Some of the Swensons were diabetic and went into severe blood sugar comas, Cooper says. Mm. So Olaf built a tube from the burial plot on his land to his basement. Ooh. What? <laughs> Can you read that? Yep. Okay. Some of the Swensons were diabetic and went to severe blood sugar comas, Cooper says. 
So Olaf built a tube from the burial plot on his land to his basement. Why? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's find out. Okay. The idea was that if a family member was thought to be dead and was buried but was actually in a sugar coma, Olaf would hear him or her when he or she woke up began shouting and banging in an attempt to get out of the coffin. <laughs> this is a very interesting place, says Cooper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, way to just kind of dial that down, Cooper. This is an interesting place. <laughs> it's very Minnesotan. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of interesting, that's all. They just have a tube from their backyard graveyard to their basement so they can get the dead people out. <laughs> okay. Not everyone buys into the homestead spooky reputation, however. I don't think that the Swenson farm is haunted, Lynn says. Lynn is apparently not as cool <laughs> as Cooper. No. <laughs> and as far as I know, there is nothing official. Perhaps some noises that people, quote, hear in a house that is not lived in. Lynn also states, there is no tunnel from the house to the family, family burial plot. Boo! If I you think saw the distance. It up. That's what I think doing. so too. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, June. If you saw the distance between the two, you would understand how that is simply not possible, she adds. Mm. And as far as the staircase being haunted, this is the first I've ever heard of it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's the story of the Swenson Farm. Swenson? Okay. Swenson. All right. Next up is called, interestingly, Area 35. Oh, okay. Which, when I when I first saw it, I was like, cool, is it like an alien thing here? But no. So, <laughs> here we go. Area 35. Most of the unexplained events at the Minneapolis Institute of Arts mm. occur in Area 35. Many visitors report feeling ill at ease in this, excuse me, just going through puberty again. <laughs> there we go. In this third floor section where period furnishings and works of art are kept. Young children often become sick there and teenage girls get lightheaded and faint with alarming regularity. Okay. While security guards publicly attribute the incidents to overtired kids and stuffy recycled air, privately some believe the phenomena are caused by a clash of spirits frustrated over their detachment from cherished family belongings that are on or in the display. Oh. Ghosts definitely populate Area 35, a security guard Desmond Griffin can attest. One day, Griffin was gazing out the window in Area 35, watching the activity going on below. Though he had been alone on the floor moments earlier, he saw from the corner of his eye a woman coming down the hallway towards him. Griffin figured the woman was coming to ask for directions, and so he decided to wait until she reached him, rather than walk over to her. She was about two steps away when he turned towards her. I said, hello, may I help you, he says. But there was nobody there. Mm -hmm. Another unexplained incident took place one evening as a guard was working late to finish some last-minute pa last paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> the lights are off in the museum as he left his third-floor office near the period room in Area 35 and made his way down the long, darkened hallway to the main stairwell. But every time the guard approached a dark, shadowy spot in the hallway, the lights would suddenly turn on, only to turn off again just as quickly when he reached the lit portion of the hallway. The activity followed the terrified guard even as he picked up his pace and ran out of the building, oh, fully aware that no such light control existed anywhere in the building. What the heck? <laughs> That's a good but one. Yeah, but more. But perhaps the most unnerving incident took place one night during a graveyard shift. 
A guard was in the control room, excuse me, control booth, watching monitors for any suspicious activity. Around 3.30 a.m., he began to get very sleepy and dozed off, but not for long. He was roused from his slumber by a light tapping noise on the control booth window. The tapping grew louder and more insistent until the guard was fully, finally fully awake. When he looked through the window to see who was there, he saw a ghostly figure of an old woman in a cream silk wedding dress. He recognized the figure immediately as a subject of an oil painting entitled Mrs. T hanging on the third floor. The guard watched incredulously as Mrs. T waved her finger back and forth at him as if scolding him with a no, 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 and then walked through the locked door to the control booth, passed by him, and vanished. He hasn't worked a night shift since. No. A person from a painting or whatever. A painting. That's wild. He's just like, hello, wake up, my friend. Naughty, naughty. Mm. Oh, I got two more. Okay. Just going to get some water. There we go. Okay. This one is titled Anne Belansky. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Anne Belansky gained notoriety in life as the first woman executed in the state of Minnesota. Mm. She hasn't lost her momentum in death either, as visitors to St. Paul's Calvary Cemetery can attest to. The young and comely Anne was convicted of the murder of her elderly husband, Stanislaus Belansky, in 1859. Anne was Stanislaus' fourth wife. Mm. The previous three divorced him on the grounds that he was a batterer. Whether or not Anne actually murdered her husband is still open to debate, to debate. But the fact is that she didn't purchase a quantity of arsenic a few days prior to Stanislaus' death. <laughs> At her trial, Anne claimed she purchased the arsenic to take care of a rat problem. Her husband's official cause of death, meanwhile, was a stomach ailment. Anne was convicted of murder in 1859 and sentenced to death by hanging. Mm. But Minnesota's first governor... Henry Sibley, refused to sign her execution order, citing it improper to condemn a lady till death, <laughs> even one who had committed a murder. In 1860, Alexander Ramsey became Minnesota's second governor. Unlike his predecessor, Ramsey was not squeamish about <laughs> signing Anne's execution order. Okay. The night before her death, Anne converted to Catholicism. <laughs> the act was performed by Archbishop Grace. Because of her conversion, the Catholics could not forbid her body from being buried in Calvary Cemetery. However, they did not want it known that the cemetery harbored the remains of a convicted murderess, so they did not mark Anne's grave with a headstone. Mm -hmm. Apparently, this decision did not sit well with Anne. Her ghost was often seen walking the cemetery grounds in her black execution robe, searching for the missing marker. Anxious to bring peace to this restless spirit, the cemetery quick, excuse me, quietly erected a tombstone for Anne in the 1940s. Her ghost has not been since. Sense. Interesting. Mm. All right, here we go. Last one. This one is called Moose Lake. Oh yeah. Okay. Moose Lake historian Walt Lower is a veritable fountain of information when it comes to local hauntings and legends. Indeed, if it weren't for Walt's careful documentation, the following four stories would likely have been long forgotten. Here they are in historical sequence in Walt's words. Sally Coffey lived south of Moose Lake on Coffey Lake, which was named for her family. She was a mother and was part American Indian. The best way for the Coffey family to get to Moose Lake was to walk three miles down the train tracks. Just before coming to Moose Lake, there was a trestle where the tracks crossed the river. 
One day, Sally was found dead in the middle of that trestle. She had been shot between the eyes at close range with a large caliber gun. There were powder burns on her face. This was about 1890, and this much is true. I have talked to people who saw her body being brought into town. The legend is that since her killer was never found, she haunts the trestle. At night, the engineer would see a woman standing on the trestle, but the train would pass right through her. The tracks are now abandoned, so there is no there are no more train no more trains, and there is no one there to see her. And I I have kind of like a a little side note. Mm-hmm. When, so my, like, as I've said many times before, our family cabin is pretty close to Moose Lake. Mm-hmm. And we had, my dad and I were going to our cabin one day. And there's like a set of train tracks that go by the road that leads to where our cabin is. Okay. And it's not near, it's like, Moose Lake's like 20 minutes away from where we are. Um, But there's, there's a ton of train tracks up there. And I remember we went by this train track and there were these two kids they were talking to this like girl in this like old period dress like this white dress and she looked super pale and i remember just kind of being like did i just see these kids talk to a ghost do you think you did i don't know because i remember like asking my dad he's like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like thanks dad that's so helpful yeah but he's also probably like okay kid yeah he's just like cool story Let's go. Your imagination's wild. (laughs) Okay. So, Lower's next story has to do with the ghost of a man killed in an unfortunate accident while trying to spread some Christmas cheer. In about about 1900, there was a man killed on a road just south of Moose Lake. He worked in Moose Lake, and after work, he would walk home, which was a ways out of town. Often, he would buy a bottle of liquor and drink it while walking, which is always a smart thing to do. This was a common custom at the time. One, on the way, he would pass a logging crew, and he would share some of his bottle with the crew. One December evening, when it was getting dark early, he was at the bottom of the hill when a team of horses with a load of logs started coming towards him. There were no good breaks on the load of logs like this, so the horses had to run at full gallop down the hill. The walker stood in the middle of the road, holding up his bottle to give the teamster a drink. The teamster could not stop and hit him killing him. From that time on, horses would pass that spot without acting up and going out of control. It was as if a spirit affected the horses. It was so that if someone would stop there and take a drink from that spirit, he would go away. Moose Lake has seen its full of full... (laughs) Moose Lake has seen its share of tragedies, but none would come back to haunt it like the deadly forest fire of 1918, which there is like a memorial up there for this fire. Yeah. On October 13, 1918, a great forest fire swept through Moose Lake area, taking many lives. The Lund family had a farm five miles west of Moose Lake. The fire came like a great wave, and they could, not, they could see it coming before it arrived. The Lunds were getting ready to fight the fire when the two of the children, a boy and a girl, bolted and said they were going to Moose Lake to get into the water. They were never seen again. The remains were never found. They perished from the fast-moving fire somewhere in the woods. The Lund family has died out and other people now own the farm. The current owners tell me that they are not alone out there. They feel Mm -hmm. the presence of other people. At night, they hear tapping on windows and someone trying to open the locked doors. The current owners had not heard the story of the lost children when they told me their story. Are these children trying to get back home? Some events in life are just too weird to be chalked up to coincidence. 
The following story is evidence of that, according to Lower. I had a friend who would go target shooting with. Let me try that again. I had a friend who I would go target shooting with. He had a rad, rather large collection of different guns, as he had been shooting for a long time. I also had a collection of guns, and since we were doing the same sort of shooting, most of the guns we had were the same, but there was one gun he had that I did not have. One day my friend was killed suddenly. His father, who knew nothing about guns, wanted to give me one of the guns. Of all the guns my friend had, his father came over with a gun that I did not have. And those are some of the stories Ooh. from Ghost Stories of Minnesota by Gina Teal. Very good. Yeah, there's lots of others, so... um. Check that series out. What? Sorry, let me try that again. I had to get some water. Oh. I think it's a series of books because this oh. one says nine. Okay. And there's other stories in the book too. So awesome. if you can find it, they're really good. So that's my story for this week. The one Anne Belansky. Yeah. Um, What's interesting is some of the names that were in there. Henry Sibley. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember his first name, but Ramsey. Yeah, I'm Alexander like, Ramsey. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, There's <laughs> history right there. Yeah. And then the first woman executed. Wow. Yeah. So just a little bit of history for you guys. A little You're bit. Welcome. And speaking of Anne Polanski, I mean, yeah. maybe she considered her husband a rat. So... Well, you know, she wasn't yeah, wrong. Yeah. She just gets rid of some rats. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> okay. My story's not very long, but it, okay. it's timely, I think the word is. Oh, okay. Um, it's about Patrick Jessernick. And I have three sources. One's the Chicago Sun Times. Mm -hmm. NBC News and NBC Chicago. Okay. And I sort of merged them all into one and edited it. Okay. So basically, so we know obviously there's things raging still with coronavirus, especially as states open up and mm -hmm. um, expand, you know, like activities and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but do you remember the first few days and weeks? Um, especially when like states were issuing issuing stay at home orders, and there's definitely a lot of unknowns re uh, regarding coronavirus. Do you remember like mm -hmm. those first few days where oh yeah or weeks even where you're just like nobody knows and we're all sort of scared. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> well, Patrick Jessernick of Lockport, Lock. Oh my God, here we go. Mm. Of Lockport Township in Illinois, which is about 30 minutes southwest of Chicago. He was amongst those who who were definitely terrified of the virus. Okay. And um, I remember back then that there's like lots of horror stories flooding it from like older folks to like young folks, you know, all mm -hmm. that stuff. Yep. And apparently um, Patrick was very worried about it and it led him to do the following. Uh oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So the week of March 29th, Cheryl Schreifer who um, I believe is his wife or girlfriend. Um, she's They live together. She's not feeling really good. So she's having a hard time breathing and she decides mm -hmm. to go in and they test her for COVID-19. So um, I was thinking about back 
you know, in March when it was quite crazy. And I was thinking, you know what? Even back then, I would take, like, my temperature every day. Mm -hmm. I would check in with people to see how they felt, whether friends or family, you know. Like, we were all just very cautious and, you know, may still be that way. And if I remember correctly, testing or results weren't very fast, even if you were able to get tested. Um, And... There's also not enough supplies. There's definitely more cases than there were supplies for the testing. Mm-hmm. So um, what surprised me about the story is that Cheryl actually did get tested for COVID. Mm-hmm. And so she's t- she took the test. And I cannot imagine the hours or days or whatever where you're waiting to hear if you have it. And even being a significant other, like in Patrick's case, what you would feel like. Because there's so many stories that were coming out about what it felt like breathing photos mm-hmm. things on twitter on instagram like all over the place mm-hmm. um so what i believe patrick did is he basically started to believe that cheryl was very sick which would also get him very sick and that he was going to die this like terrible death and on april 2nd of 2020 Patrick must have worked himself so much up, you know, on Mm -hmm. the anxiety and fear of Cheryl being sick that he goes into the room Cheryl is in and he shoots her in the back (gasps) of the head. Most likely it was because he thought this would be a better solution than getting full-blown COVID. Oh my God. Then he leaves the bedroom enters some other room in their house and shoots himself in the head. Oh, God. Ah! Oh, how awful. It's so awful. So about two days later, um, in the evening, a neighbor had been asked by Patrick's parents, who I, based on his age of 54 at the time, Mm. I'm assuming would be in their 70s. They, They asked his neighbor if they would go and check on Patrick and Cheryl and I couldn't find any information on that neighbor's attempt mm-hmm. but eventually officers conducted a wealth well-being check and to find that like all the doors and windows are locked um which isn't surprising mm-hmm. it was March after all yep. and deputies and fire personnel eventually forced their way into the home and they found Patrick who is 54 like I mentioned and mm-hmm. Cheryl 59 lying dead in separate rooms of the house mm-hmm. A loaded revolver and two spent shells, including three live rounds, were located near Patrick's body. Mm -hmm. And the families of Patrick and Cheryl said that they do not believe that they had received the results of the COVID-19 testing. Oh, no. So what's really terrible is that they didn't even know. And I can just imagine how worked up he was based on, like, Cheryl's symptoms. That even not knowing, he was just, I'm assuming, fearful of the results. Yeah. He couldn't even handle handle the anxiety, I'm assuming, was surrounding yeah. him. And so he he uh, moved forward and took just that. Just killed him. Oh, yeah. gosh. So they do an autopsy on both of them. And obviously they died from a gunshot wound. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick's death was a suicide and Cheryl's was a homicide. So a murder-suicide. Mm-hmm. And the wor- I I don't know I don't the worst was they were negative. Oh, <laughs> isn't that terrible? Yeah. 
like oh. in one vein I sort of wish it was positive because the fear would have been um, yeah kind of like validated yeah yep but most likely she just had some kind of respiratory thing yeah <laughs> oh terrible, how it? awful I know um and just a, a weird note is that the sheriff off- office said that the majority of calls that they got during the corona outbreak mm-hmm. at that time were related to domestic disputes but nothing um in the past they had <sighs> never been to Cheryl and Patrick's house so it wasn't okay. like an incident where right. at least uh, officially noted that there was any issues in the home yeah was it like they're fighting all the time or something yeah getting so it was called out out of the norm for them man and they had been together eight years wow yeah oh it kind of reminds me of the movie the mist Ooh. okay did, have, did you ever see that one no i've seen it so, on netflix or something though. okay so it's about aliens i mean it, it, this is basically like how the story the movie ends mm-hmm but, you know, there's all these aliens that are coming over. They come through this mist. The guy is trying to, like, get the family out. The mist is coming. And so he decides to, like, kill the family mm. in order to, like, save them from this, like, monsters. Yeah. But then it turns out, like, it's the, actually the army that's coming oh. to, like, save them all. So he's already, like, he's, like, killed this fam- his family. Yeah. And then the mist, they come through the mist and it's them to save them. Oh. So. Yeah. But I understand that fear and the unknown. Yeah. What's it going to be like? And are they going to oh, yeah. us? I mean, in that case, but. Yeah. There's yeah. parallels with Patrick and Cheryl's. Yeah. <gasps> so. Oh, what a really sad story again. <laughs> I, I sort of was like, I should go first because your story is wild. <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to think of something to make us all not feel sad anymore. <laughs> hey, it's sunny out. It is sunny out. It's getting sunnier. <laughs> um, I have to go grocery shopping afterward. Oh, I do have kind of a funny story. Okay. Sort of. Um, so you know how I had to get like the coronavirus test? Not mm-hmm. because I had symptoms. Mm-hmm. But it was just for other reasons. Um, and I go to the clinic where I'm supposed to do it. And I look you know, like I'm normally dressed. I've got my mask on. There's other people in the waiting room. We're all kind of like separated out. And I hear them call my name to call me back to do the test. And I turn around and the nurse has on like the entire garb, like mask, <laughs> face shield, like protective yeah. PPE from her hands to like from her head to her feet. And everybody is like looking at me like, Oh my god, she has it. She has it. They're taking this very serious. <laughs> so I'm just like, excuse me, I gotta go. <laughs> Try to look all sweet. Yeah, just like I'm fine, you know. I'm like, like, please don't let this be like the one moment where I have to like have a dry throat and have to cough or something. <laughs> Having a dry throat in public now is like the oh, yeah. thing ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not sick. It's a dry cough. Yeah, like I was at Cub the other day, and I'm like about to turn down this aisle, and this lady was like, "Cough, cough!" And I just like turned right around, and just like went the other way. And I was like, I'm "Not gonna take chances." <laughs> yeah. We're going around. We're just gonna go. Yep. Oh. Uh, so yeah. 
Well, it was fun. I miss yeah. doing this. It was almost I know. a month since our last Yeah. Week. Yeah, it's been kind of a, a wild month here, so. It has. I'm glad Hopefully we can do this more. We're back. We're back. We're back, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be in Bye. touch for sure for another episode. Hopefully sooner yeah. than a month. Yeah. <laughs> it's only how many days left until my birthday now? Let me look. Look it up. Count- you don't have a countdown oh. on your phone? No. Jeez. Let's see. You got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 more days. Jeez, it seems like forever. I know. But if you but it's going to be fast. The date, it doesn't seem like it's that far. Yeah. No, I mean, it's next week is 4th of July. So. Oh, my Lord. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, oh. <laughs> I was like. The other day, I was just like, you know what? Now that it's officially summer, I'm ready for fall. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, just fast forward. Let's just get it done. I want a pumpkin drink. Oh, yeah. I want to carve a pumpkin. I want to step on crunchy leaves. <laughs> <laughs> crunchy. Crunch. Yeah. Crunch leaves. There's a lot of good fall activities. We just got to get through July and August. <laughs> yep. Just in hope that, you know, this kind of quiets down the coronavirus quiets down enough yeah. that we can actually go outside because like halloween this year is on like a saturday oh my god there's a full moon that day we get an extra two hours because that's the same weekend as daylight savings what the heck? so don't mess it up everybody stay safe <laughs> keep your mask on don't touch each other mm-hmm. that's it that's all that's it okay all right all right everybody friend. We'll catch you later. Bye. I love you all. Bye. 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 <laughs>